Let me read from chapter number 30 of the book of Proverbs. And I'd like to start reading at verse number 24. Amen. Proverbs chapter 30 and reading at verse number 24. Follow along with me if you will. There be four things which are little upon the earth. Now notice this. He said there's four things. Then these are not all the things that are little, but there are four things that the word of God picks out that says there are little upon the earth. Notice this. But they are exceedingly, what? Wise. Now notice this. Four things that are very small, but yet according to the word of God, they are exceedingly wise. They use their heads for something else like human beings that grow, then just grow hair. They're intelligent. God has given them intelligence. Let me read verse number 25. The ants are a people not strong, yet to prepare their meat in the summer. The conies are but a feeble folk, yet they make their houses in the rocks. The locusts have no king, Yet they go forth all of them by bands. The spider take a hold with their hands and is in king's palaces. Think about that. You may be seated. God bless you. Amen. Four things that are very, very small. They're little upon the earth. I never will forget several years ago, there was a man who came and preached a message when Sister Willis and I first went to the small town of Vivi, Indiana. And this black gentleman out of Indianapolis, Indiana came to preach and he preached on despise not the day of small things. He talked about things that were very small in stature. And one of the things he talked about during the course of that message was the little caterpillar that is sometimes very abused by humanity and nature itself doesn't do anything but just crawls all over the place, makes the girls scream when the boys pick them up and set them on their shoulder at school. It's just something about that little worm. It's abused. The birds will fly over and come down and swoop it up off the ground. They're stepped on and run over by automobiles and and kids get them and play with them. It's amazing that little caterpillar just doesn't really amount to much. To say it's beautiful, you really can't say that. It's not very, very, very attractive to look on. If it was the size of you and I, I would hate to be the one that bought it shoes because it has all kinds of feet on it. But thank God that little caterpillar that's so small, so little, so insignificant, when it wraps itself in a cocoon, hangs itself from a tree somewhere, and people will look at that old ugly cocoon and think, that's not going to amount to anything. But they tell me that when that thing wraps itself in that silk cocoon, it goes through a process, if I'm not mistaken, called metamorphosis. And during that process of time, that old ugly caterpillar which made the girls scream which crawled on the ground was insignificant, even though it became very small. When it burst forth out of that cocoon, it becomes a beautiful, beautiful 
could be a monarch butterfly. And it's amazing that that thing that's so small and so ugly and so insignificant that God has given it ability to turn itself into something so beautiful. But here in the word of God, in the book of Proverbs, he talks about things that are exceedingly small. Somebody said, why in the world would God talk about things that are small? Because he wants to let you know that absolutely everything that God creates, he creates for a purpose and a reasoning, and he gives it an ability to survive. You and I have got to understand tonight, someone wrote a little cartoon and put it out, and they printed it and put it all over the place and said, God doesn't make any junk. And that's one thing I like about God. He has ability that the things he makes have a purpose in life. But he lists here in the book of Proverbs chapter number 30 that there are four things that are very feeble and very small upon the earth. They're not things that you would jump back and say, my goodness, look how big that is. It was not in its size. And it was not, my friend, in the beauty. The things that he has mentioned here in the word of God are not really beautiful things to look at. But he mentions four things that he gives the ability to understand that they must prepare themselves for whatever comes in this life. Now I want you to remember this one thing tonight, that out of all the creatures that God created, there is only one creature that's going to live forever somewhere, and that is mortal human beings. You and I have a hereafter, the cow, the dog, the chicken, the rat, hey man, the snake, none of that has a hereafter. But everything that has a soul that God created is going to live somewhere in eternity. So we must realize that we have got not only to prepare in this life, but we must prepare for the life to come. But when he spoke in the word of God, he spoke of very four small things that were very, very small and insignificant. But one thing he said about them, he said they were exceedingly wise. They had enough brains about them that they realized in this life they had to survive. That they had to make the very best of it they possibly could. And he started off mentioning the ant, which is a very small thing. Hey man, we poke sticks down in their holes when we were kids. We run them off our picnic tables. We sprayed them with spray. Hey man, but seem like they always survive. It seems like they always prepare for themselves. They realize that this snow was going to come. Don't ask me how I knew they knew that, but friend they knew that there was going to be a winter time and so what the Bible said that they did they prepared their meat in the summertime and they went out and gathered everything that they needed if you could dig under the sod and under the ground right now you would come upon little caverns that they have made and in those caverns they have a storehouse a food supply to carry them through. Amen. They're exceedingly wise. They have no one that's telling them, hey, you gotta get out there and work. But they get out there every day. If they smell a picnic basket, if a crumb falls on the ground, hey man, if somebody drops a sucker, you'll see them out there licking the sweet off the sucker. Hey man, picking up the crumbs. What are they doing? They're preparing for the winter time. They know they just got one shot to live. And so according to the word of God, they are wise enough to prepare. It amazes me, friend, out of all these 
things that God made that these little creatures have the ability to realize that we must provide for ourselves and we must survive everything we have to do and everything we must do not only for our generation but for the generations to come we must prepare ourselves for inevitably what might come our way very wise the word of God said they were then he went on to talk about the conies which is a very small animal they can be overtaken by other predators in this life they know that they are weak and they know that they are frail but they are very wise and according to the word of God they make their houses among the rocks why because they know there they have protection they have enough sense to realize that we have got to protect ourselves we have got to prepare ourselves for whatever's going to come I want you to realize tonight that we as mortal human beings we act like we're going to live forever son we feel like we're never going to die we feel like that my we got it made we don't have to prepare but I want you to understand the Bible said consider the ant thou sluggard you have got to understand that preparation is something that God built into every one of us hey the conies climb up in the rocks they find them a hiding place they crawl back in a cave why because they know they've got to exist they have one shot to live but folks I want to tell you tonight we as mortal human beings have got to realize that not only is this life amen the life we're going to live but the Bible said it's appointed unto man once to die and then after this the judgment we're going to live after this life is over what in the world is God trying to tell us he's trying to tell us prepare yourself if I give an ant enough sense to take care of her life and I give a coney enough sense to find her a place in the mountain sure Surely, surely human beings can prepare for whatever is to come. Oh, we feel like everything's all right and we're doing well. Then the Bible talks about the grasshopper. The grasshopper has no king but yet they have enough sense to band together and travel about in bands. They realize the Bible calls them exceedingly wise. We pick them up and we played with them when we're kids. We watched them spit that old brown tobacco juice on our fingers. I've done that time and time again. They jump, they fly, they hop. We think they're the stupidest things we have ever seen. But the Bible said they're exceedingly wise because when it comes time to travel and comes time to move, they put themselves together mortal human beings feel like we can separate ourselves we don't feel like we need God anymore we don't feel like we need the church we don't feel like we need prayer we don't feel like we need worship we don't feel like we need praise we think we've got it all figured out but church I'm telling you right now we have got to understand that we must make some preparation let's use what's in this cranium let's use what God's give us and realize there's a great day coming and the songwriter said that there's a great day coming what in the world are you going to do you said I'm going to be like the rich man I'm going to eat drink and be merry but I promise you if you'll read the rest of that story you'll find out the rich man realized when he said I'm going to eat drink and be merry there was another part that he didn't want to read and that was the Bible said this day thou fool thy soul shall be required of you because you need to make some preparation for what's going to come. You've got to prepare. It amazes me that when company comes, 
We'll make preparation for company. We'll clean our houses and make sure the carpet's good and the dishes are done and the beds are changed. We want company to be satisfied. But the greatest coming of all is going to take place in the near future. And that's when Jesus Christ himself splits the clouds of glory and comes back and catches a waiting bride away. If the ants prepare and the conies prepare and the grasshoppers prepare, what about the South. Why? Because God gives them the ability to prepare for whatever comes. You can sweep a house and tear down a spider web, but that old spider will build it right back because he knows that's his livelihood. He knows when a gnat comes flying by and it sticks in that spider's web. Hey man, and just gets his head in there and just can't get out. Just sticks for that sticky stuff on that web. Hey man, that spider knows that that gnat's that, that gonna be his food. So he must build that spider web, he prepares it. Why did the word of God tell us these things? Because he wants all of us to understand. We must prepare. We have got to get ready today. We cannot put off tomorrow. What if the ant would have crawled around on top of the ground and said, I'm not worried about the snow that's going to come. Nobody told me there's going to be 30 inches come. I'll just go out there and crawl around and not worry about it. Friend, they would die out. But the reason they're still living today is because they made preparation. And friend, the thing you've got to do you have got to prepare to meet God you can't wait you can't put it off you have a brain you have a reason you must realize that every soul is going to face God somewhere and sometime you've got to get right so when we stop and think about it when the writer in the book of Proverbs penned these words he wanted folks to understand that somebody's got to think Somebody's got to stop and realize there must be preparation made. The Bible said the wise man built his house upon the rock. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. The rains came, amen, the floods came and beat vehemently upon both houses. The house that was built upon the sand, which was built without preparation, which was built without any engineering skills, was built without any thought, was built without any future preparation because no house is any stronger than its foundation. Amen, that house fell and the Bible said and miserable was the fall of that house. But then it talks about the wise man that built his house upon the rock. The Bible said in one passage of scripture that the wise man digged deep and built his house upon the rock because he realized the foundation was necessary. The ant said, I've got to gather in the summertime. The coney said, I've got to find me a safe place. The grasshopper said, we've got to bound together. Hey man, the spider said, I've got to keep my web. Hey man, stretched out. And we as human beings say, oh, we don't need to prepare. Everything's going to be all right. It's not going to be all right unless we use what God give us and we make the choice of life and say I've got to have God more than I need anything. I've often said this in the ministry in the 30, 40 plus years that I've been preaching 
You can always get you a new car if it crashes. A young girl told me today her dad was sitting at the light at 50 and 3. Hey man, and a, and a truck just made a U-turn. A big semi just tore her dad's brand new avalanche all to pieces. Her daughter, her sister was sitting in the back seat when she eight months expecting. She said, my father was so upset for my sister's sake. Hey man, but you can get new cars. But I'm gonna tell you one thing right now. You've only got one life to live. You had better plan and make it right. It doesn't take preparation, preacher. God loves me. He's gonna save me because he loves me. Listen, that's true. God loves you, but you're gonna have to come to God and ask him to be your Christ. Ask him to be your deliverer. Ask him to be your savior. Ask him to be your light. Or friend, he will never come to you. You've gotta make some preparation. The ant doesn't have a soul. The grasshopper doesn't have a soul. The coney doesn't have a soul. The spider doesn't have a soul. But yet they prepare. And we as mortal human beings feel like that we've got a feel good feeling that everything's going to be all right. And we make no preparation of life. One writer said to choose ye this day who you're going to serve. You know what that's telling me? That's telling me to make some preparation. That's telling me to get ready. When Joseph was sold off into slavery down in the land of Egypt and God gave the king a, a vision and a dream and he could not understand it. When the seven fat kind came up out of the water and the seven lean cattle ate the seven fat cattle. When the seven stalks of fat corn grew up and the seven lean stalks ate the fat stalks. Amen. He couldn't figure out what that was about. Joseph realized when God spoke to him and he went and faced the Pharaoh, he said, I want to tell you what he's telling you. Use your head. You have got to prepare. There's coming seven years of plenty and then there's coming seven years of phantom. You have got to think, man. You have got to prepare right now or if this country will be annihilated. You must make some preparation today. You can't wait till tomorrow. You better get with the program as fast as you can. It wouldn't take long for an ant population to be wiped out if they didn't have anything to eat. It wouldn't take long for the little short-legged conies to be destroyed by the predators if they did not hide themselves among the rocks. It wouldn't take long for a single grasshopper to be destroyed. But when they band together, it's almost impossible to destroy the band of grasshoppers. And the spider it would not take long for him to be destroyed if he didn't string his web and catch his prey and feed himself and birth his young. It wouldn't take long for him to be annihilated. Humanity is going down, listen to me, they're going down the drain very fast. How do you know, preacher? Because we're eliminating everything in life that's good. Listen to me. This Christmas season, you yourself have heard it in the stores. Used to be folks would say Merry Christmas. Those that believed that this was the birth of Christ would tell you Merry Christmas. 
But now the major department stores have forbid that. It's now happy holidays. Christ has been taken off of a lot of things. You know why? Because man feels like he does not need to prepare to meet him. Prayer was taken out of school. Madeline Murray O'Hare made sure that was taken place. Listen to me. We are living in a time that things and liberties are being eliminated because man feels like he does not need to prepare to meet God. But I'm telling you, friend, the ant, the coney, the spider, the grasshopper did not have a soul, but they was wise enough to prepare for the future. But we, we who think who have more gray matter than any creature on the face of the earth need to start use our heads in our head and realize that if we don't get right, we're going to die lost and undone without God. But I'm different. No, you're not. These kids are different. No, they're not. No, they're not. Hollywood would like for you to think that there's no hell. Would like you to think there's no hereafter. Would like to thank you that all this blood and guts is just something that's coughed up in the in the studios of Hollywood that it'll never be a day like that. But there's coming a day that men and women are going to run to the rocks and the mountains and they're going to cry to them, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sits upon the throne. I would hate to think that a little old ant used his brain more than I use mine. Would hate to think that the spider that hangs the web in the corner of our houses, we tear it down and he builds it back up, is more intelligent than I. Would hate to think that a grasshopper that I see fluttering across the field, amen, in the fall of the year has more sense than I do. But the Bible said they're very wise. Because they're making preparation. What kind of preparation? You said, Brother Willis, I'm building my 401k. I'm getting my CDs all stacked up. I've got houses and I've got land and I've got clothes. Man, you wouldn't believe all the things I've got, but everything that you can name eternal, everything you've got will only last for a while. The only thing that you have that will last eternally is your soul. And the writer said, what would a man give in exchange for his soul? What would he give to live on throughout the ceaseless ages of time and peace and harmony with the great God of heaven? We have got to stop and we've got to start thinking, oh God, what do I want to? A man told me one time, I want my children to be popular in school. I want them to be on the cheerleading squad. I want them to have this and want them to have that. But not one time did he tell me, I want them to know Jesus Christ. And his kids went their way, lived their life. And they poured money after money into the family to make sure the kids had anything they wanted. The sad scenario was that one of those girls, 13 years old at school, amen, got herself in trouble and had a baby at 13 years old. Neither are living for God today. 
None of their families are serving God today. Oh, they got all the things that life can supply them. Not one thing that I know, Sister Ann, that they need. Not one thing that they need except God, and that's the thing that they don't have. And the devil has convinced them, oh, you don't need God. Look what all you've got. But the ant knew I've got to supply whatever it takes to give me life. But Coney said, I've got to get to them rocks and I've got to run to them rocks for safety because that's what's going to supply me life. And the weeping soul of a sinner, when it realizes it needs God, will run to Christ and say, Christ, I've got to have you because I know you're the only thing that can give me life. The only thing. A very well-to-do man sat in his office in Athens, Ohio. A very productive man in life had achieved everything he wanted to financially. Had a Lincoln Mercury dealership Money was no problem. His house was immaculate, I presume. But he sat with tears streaming down his face and told a preacher friend of mine, he said, Preacher, I would give everything that I have and I could have what you've got. And the preacher told him what you need to do. You don't need to give up what you've got. But you need to come to Christ. You need to repent of your sins. You need to be baptized in his lovely name. You need to let him fill you with the Holy Ghost. Let him change your life. But the man said, I don't know whether I could do that or not. But wait a minute. Consider the ant, thou sluggard. Look at that little old ant. It's making preparation and it's not going to live forever. And what about you tonight? What kind of preparation are you making? And as I said just a moment ago, a human being has more brain cells than any creature on the face of the earth. If anybody or anything ought to be able to prepare for what's coming, you and I ought to be able to prepare for what's coming. And I'm getting ready to close tonight. The world will even tell you, and Brother Rod testified to that this morning in his message the world will even tell you things aren't right they're not like they should be they'll tell you I've never seen an age like this they'll tell you I've never seen immorality as rampant as it is in our day and time I've never never have I ever seen a drug problem like there is in our day and time. They'll tell you that. But then they'll stand there and say, I don't know what to do. I don't know which way to go. When the Surgeon General puts on the side of a cigarette package, and I picked one up at the restaurant the other morning, a man threw one down, and I picked it up. It used to say the Surgeon General would say that smoking causes cancer, but just say that anymore. It says smoking will cause cancer, lung disease, 
heart trouble and it listed all out there. And I looked over at the fellow and I said, and you smoke these? You smoke these? We who are supposed to have more gray matter than any creature seem like that we can't make wise decisions. But tonight the greatest decision that you and I can ever make is say to Christ, God, I need you. I just don't need you now. I don't want you just as a casual God in my life, but I want you to become my Lord, my King, my supplier, my director of my life. I want you to become my God. I want to serve you because I love you. I want to serve you because you're so good to me. Hey, Mr. Ant, teach me a lesson. Mr. Coney, will you teach me a lesson? Hey, Mr. Spider in the corner, would you teach me a lesson? Mr. Locust, as you fly and eat the crop, teach me a lesson. I need to know what it is to become wise. When you fear God and realize that one of these days he's coming back. And he's going to split the clouds of glory. I'm not going to live forever here and you're not going to live forever here. There's no guarantee that these teenagers will live to adulthood. There's no guarantee us grandparents will live long enough to see our grandchildren graduate from school. But there is a guarantee that we're going to die and after this, the judgment. Are you going to let an ant outsmart you? Are you going to let a spider become more wise than you? A coney or a locust? Are you going to let them think farther ahead than you're thinking right now? Or are you going to prepare yourself to meet God? Jesus Christ is coming back. And we've got to get right. We've got to think. If Christ would come today, how would it be in my heart? If my heart all of a sudden ceased to beat and my breath withered out of my body and I crumpled to the ground in a dying heap but my heart be right with God you better think about that you better prepare for that because Christ is coming back after those that's made themselves ready he's not coming back for the unprepared he's not coming back for those that haven't looked to the future but he's coming back after those who have made their heart right with God To be, saved. I don't have to be a rich man. I don't have to be a popular man. I don't have to live in a fine home. I don't have to drive a fine automobile, but I've got to be saved if I want to go to heaven. I've got to be. And God give me the ability to make that choice choose you this day who you will serve would you stand with me today